4: Live right here on Sports Grid on a Thursday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh. from joined by Donnie Wrightside. DRS has always a lot to get to. But first, how are you feeling, my man? I'm feeling good. You know, glad I didn't stay up for the remaining
5: portions <laughs> of that Philadelphia Phillies game last night. Because apparently, from a Phillies' perspective, Kevin, I didn't miss much.
4: No, you you did not. There were 10 hits by the Houston Astros. There were 10 hits from the baseball game. The Astros throw a combined no-hitter in game number four. Astros five, Phillies zero. Christian Javier got it all started with six no-hit innings, closed out with Embreyu, Montero, Presley, one, two, three, out of the bullpen, and the Astros have evened this series up.
5: Yeah, an interesting game for sure. You had, obviously, each team batting in the top of an inning and the bottom of the inning. So if you go a full nine innings, that's 18 at-bat chances there. Only scoring in the top half of the fifth inning, zeros across the board every other half inning. But that was enough to propel the Astros with an easy victory over the Philadelphia Phillies 5-0 where Talking about threatening, the Phillies didn't threaten to do anything. 14 strikeouts from their team, not a great performance in the game where Aaron Nola was on the mound, untouchable over the past couple starts at Citizens Bank Ballpark, got touched up there in the fifth.
4: Yeah, certainly did. The Astros back two favorites to win the World Series at minus 180. The Phillies A plus 155 will reset the entire odds board in our upcoming segment. We'll also today talk quite a bit about Thursday night football. It's the Philadelphia Eagles going head to head in Houston versus the Texans. We do have some injury status as always to follow when we're talking about a game on a Thursday as this line is ballooned up to a 14. I think part of that could be due to some key injuries to the wide receiver room of Houston and a questionable tag on Brandon Cooks. Yeah, questionable,
5: not really for his wrist. It's questionable if he feels a like playing football game for the Houston Texans. Cryptic tweets coming out before the trade deadline as it looked like he was going to be a Dallas Cowboy until he wasn't. Now unhappy with the organization. These are my favorite type of unhappy players because why, Kevin? You just signed an extension in April. What did you think was
4: going to happen with your season this year, Brandon Cooks? Come on. To be fair, I think when your name is tossed around in trade rumors, the way Brandon Cooks is, you might have yourself a bit of optimism that that trade is then going to ultimately be done. To hear that you were going to play with Aaron Rodgers or play in Dallas and you're just back here on a Thursday catching 14, that might be a bit of a gut punch in other NFL news, a DRS story for the ages, because I know that the Commanders saga has always caught your attention. Well, oh, maybe in the near future you'll be done talking about Dan Snyder, as it has now come out that he is going to explore a potential sale of the Washington Commanders.
5: And this is not done out of the goodness of his heart, Kevin. Actually, it looks like the feds are on to him for some illegal practices. So, no shame in his game. Hey, you know what? I'll explore some opportunities. I really wish they explore those opportunities. He sells the team at a loss, which would never happen. And then, obviously, the authorities get after him for some penalties that would be incurred. But, my goodness, if you are a Commanders fan today, you might as well pop bottles because this is the best news that you possibly could have gotten.
4: I have always thought it to be quite funny when an owner uh, ultimately finds himself in a bad position and sells. They always say, oh, no, and they then will recoup billions of dollars on the property they own. But it will be better, I think, if Dan Snyder is gone. The radio audience is live on a Thursday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh at Stani Wrightside. We're on Sirius XM Channel 159. Thanks for tuning in. In the NBA last night, the Los Angeles Lakers survive the New of Pelicans. In overtime, the Lakers had a 16-point second-half lead that seemingly was going to be lost until a Matt Ryan three sent it to overtime, and the Lakers held on 120-117. to Yeah, and again, the Zion actually played 27 points, and if you look at the Lakers' final
5: box score, Kevin, 20 out of Davis, 20 out of James, that's usually a 20-point loss for the Lakers,
4: but they actually won at home at Crypto.com Arena. Yeah, they certainly did. They've now won two consecutive games. Perhaps a little momentum Mm. building for this team as Russell Westbrook continues to come off of the bench. Two other results last night in the NBA. The Milwaukee Bucks dust the Detroit Pistons 116-91. Giannis leading the charge with 32-12-4 as the Bucks stay unbeaten. At 7-0. and Last night at the Garden, the Knicks become just the second team this season to blow a 20-point lead. They were up by 23 early in this basketball game. However, they then proceeded to score 10, yes, 10 third-quarter points and lose at home 112-99 to the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, no double double for
5: Julius Randle either. But let's get back quickly there to that Bucks game, one sixteen to ninety one. Is it true, Kevin, that over the first forty one games of the season, the Bucks will have forty home games?
4: <laughs> it's, it's, listen, it Man. is certainly possible here. Uh, I, I don't know how they've managed. I think they're on the road for the next game in Minnesota about as close as you can get. And then I think they're back home for game number nine. I mean, I don't know who put this schedule together, man, but it certainly has worked out nicely for them. Lastly, in college basketball news, the Gonzaga Bulldogs DRS with an eye towards the Big 12, apparently. Yeah, I like this. I think it's a pretty
5: good move. And also for the future of Gonzaga here to pile up that money with the Big 12, Mm. good move on their part as well.
4: How about some breaking news? Quite literally right now, Bradley Chubb and the Miami Dolphins coming to agreement on his new contract
3: extension. We'll be right back after this quick break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
4: Welcome back to the early line. Let's talk a little bit about game number four in the World Series. The Astros win at 5-0. The story here for Houston as they even this up at two, though, is a combined no-hitter. It's all a little bit interesting, though. First of all, combined no-hitters, I think everybody's aware. They don't have the juice of a pure one-man show throwing that no-hitter. But also, the reactions last night from the players, they looked a little uncertain of how celebratory they could be! At the end of the day, whether you throw a no-hitter or a perfect game, it does. It, you are looking to win four games in a seven-game set to win a World Series, right? This no-hitter—it doesn't matter if they don't win the series. I'm just saying, if you watch the celebration, DRS, you get a lot bigger reactions for a combined no-hitter. The one they threw in June from the Houston Astros. Gloves get thrown in the sky. Emotions are pretty high. Again, does it matter? I don't know. But I think I'm trying to set this up to say how much in the grand scheme of this World Series does this performance from the Houston Astros pitchers actually matter?
5: Yeah, I don't know if it matters all that much as of they shut out the Philadelphia Phillies and no-hit them, and they picked up a huge win to tie the series at 2-2. Two two. Maybe there would have been a more of a celebration if the Astros had a 2-1 series lead, and they threw that combined no-hitter sort of feeling like, hey, the grips are getting tight now around the Phillies, and this was a fun moment to try to celebrate. But it's one of those moments where you say, all right, awesome, awesome, oh, whoa, whoa. 24 hours later, we got another game to play, and we can't lose that one. So it was a measured expectation. But also, you take a look at Javier. He was sensational. Six innings pitch, nine Ks, two walks, no hits. Then the bullpen finishes to do the job. But nobody gets credit, really, for the no-hitter. And typically, when you hear no-hitter in the World Series, Kevin, only the second time, in like a, what is it, 118 or whatever World Series that have taken place. So it's a pretty mm-hmm. incredible feat. But I think the bigger story is just that the Astros won the baseball game as opposed to how they won the baseball
4: game and that's what I'm and I think that's kind of what I'm trying to get at, right? It's in in the va- in the vacuum of this series, it just matters that they won the game. But we know history is important. So let me ask you this. Player mm-hmm. World Awards, World Series MVP Bryce Harper's your favorite at plus 350. It's then yeah. Kyle Tucker and Alex Bregman who check in mm-hmm. as the only other remaining players underneath that 10 to 1. Christian Javier's 12 to 1. Should he have more juice in this market? Is is he getting it? And, and 12 to 1 is a, a fair price as the man who threw six of the nine no-hit innings? Where do you land on Javier's potential MVP case right now?
5: I don't think he has much of a case because I don't think he's going to be designed as a, like, let's just say game seven starter where he's going the full amount. Will he be available for game seven? Probably. Will he get an inning or two Mm. if needed? Probably. But let's also reset the market here. What happens if you're Dusty Baker and you say, all right, man, we got a five run lead here. I'm going to talk to Javier. Hey, you know what? It's probably your only star in the World Series. You got a chance to do something that only one other person has done in World Series history, go the full nine games or excuse me, go the full nine innings. I'm gonna leave you out there until you get somebody gets a base hit against you or not, because also let's keep in mind it wasn't three to nothing. Two to nothing, one to nothing, or zero zero. You had some leeway with that five run lead at that point to see it. Now, granted, you're not going to let Javier throw 176 pitches to try to get the no hitter. We understand that. He even threw up to 97 pitches. But sometimes when history is on your side, the reason I bring this up is let's just say, Kevin, he threw 131 pitches in this game. And you'll bump him up an extra, what, 35 or so pitches. He gets that no hitter. Should he be the favorite to win the MVP in the World Series at that point? But the fact that he didn't finish this game and only won six, it's like, yeah, 6 innings shutout baseball, no hits. Eh, It's okay. Uh,
4: So uh, if he did throw a full no-hitter, his odds would be half, right? I, I agree with you in that respect. Here's where I might disagree. He has to be the Game 7 starter. There's... No way you can possibly throw Lance. I you I look you can send Lance McCullers home. You can do yeah. Lance McCullers you want a vacation, you want to go to Bahamas, you want to stay in Philadelphia and hang out. Cool. You're done. We're, you've been great for us, buddy. That's not happening. No way you're throwing Lance McCullers again. Verlander's going to get the ball tonight and then we've got a day off when we go Saturday, right? You'd expect Framber Valdez of course to then to get the baseball mm-hmm. game number 6. Now again, it's a little interesting. Because we don't know if we're going to play seven. But you don't think yeah. Christian Javier gets the ball in a game number seven as the starter on saying, three days rest?
5: He, but that's what I'm talking about, though, because it's it's not one of those times. Like, let's just say he's the starter. He's going to be on a pitch yeah. count in that game, right? So let's just say, Kevin, oh. he throws another three innings of shutout baseball. Is that right. good enough if, let's just say, Alec Bregman heats up and goes home run, home run, home run? Or in a game seven where it's, let's just say, one-to-one in the bottom of the ninth mm-hmm. inning, You get a home run from, you know, and again, we have to play from the Astros' perspective as they win. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense anyway. Like an Altuve three-run home run. You know, see what I mean? Like, I don't think there's enough. If this was a full, like, he started game three and did this. He's going to be full go game seven where he can take a one-hit shutout or a no-hitter again into the fifth inning. Then I would look at it differently. But if I think he's going to get the ball in game seven, it's not where they say, hey, get out there and Mm -hmm. 100-pitch limit. It's probably a short leash or maybe an inning or two just to keep it fresh and hand it off to that bullpen.
4: It's, I, I tend to think he would, because of this performance, be given more leeway than three innings if he's throwing shutout baseball. But to your point, is 12 innings, two hits, no earned runs, in two appearances really going to win you World Series MVP? when you consider whatever else is going to have to happen to get there, whatever happens in games five, six, and of course whatever the hitters do in game number seven, right? Is Because I don't see a world he's throwing seven, eight, nine in a game number seven. That's a hard sell all of a sudden. I think it's a totally fair point. As we sit here, are you surprised at all that the Astros are back to minus 180? I, I'm not and it has a lot to do with tonight's game that we're going to break down at yes. the top of hour number two. This is, I think this is the biggest number we've seen so far this series, and it's a game in Philly that the Astros are favored by minus 158.
5: You get a little momentum for the Astros after the game last night, and also you have the better pitching matchup in your hand. You're looking at a guy, Verlander, who's expected to win the Cy Young Award in the AL that's going to take the mound, and the Phillies are telling you, yeah, we got some pretty good pitchers, but we don't really know how long they're going to go and who's actually going to pitch more of an all-hands-on-deck type situation, and I think you're correct here. Without breaking the game down, it's really a reflection in the mirror of what's supposed to take place tonight. The Astros are tied up in the series. The Astros are favored to win the night. If the Astros win tonight, they're up three to two in this series, headed back to Houston for game six and seven. So I do agree with where the price point is at here. But again, if the Phillies win tonight. That price point certainly will shift back into the Phillies factor because Zach Wheeler will take them out in game six. And those prices will reflect that as well for the series on the way out. But that was a big win last night. But I can see where it's lining up where the Astros rightfully so should be the favorite, even though it's still two to two with another game in. Philadelphia
4: my uh, last question on this is are you surprised though because when we get to the game I just want to kind of what you like in the game picks odds things like that yeah are you surprised it's not Zach Wheeler tonight to give yourself your best chance to go up a Justin uh, uh, up against Verlander here uh, do uh, I'm not surprised just how it fell
5: no, it didn't fall this way. There's there's an issue with Zach Wheeler where they're worried about saying, hey, we got to give you an extra day rest to see if you can bounce back from this. Because typically in the past, you would see, you know, ace pitchers going, three days rest? Yeah, I'm taking that baseball and I expect mm-hmm. to pitch seven strong innings. Zach Wheeler was supposed to go tonight. It was supposed to be Wheeler and Noly here carrying the freight for games, you know, four and five in Philadelphia. The reason he's going, it's not strategic at all. It's because they're worried about mm-hmm. Zach
4: Wheeler and saying, let's give you an extra day break. I mean, is there anywhere where the Phillies like listen? Game five, they can have it. We just want Zach Wheeler available for game number six. I mean, is is any did they get? Did they call Buck Showalter and ask for a little advice about mm-hmm. how you hold a pitcher back and make sure you yep. get him for the most important game? Perhaps that that's what the strategies going around in Philadelphia are. Something to consider. Something to consider. We're hitting a break though here on the early line. We're still talking Philadelphia. to we'll go to the birds next.
3: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rack your look
0: for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What
6: will you find? When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice.
2: Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac?
4: Welcome back in here on Sports Grid. Taking a look at Thursday night football, but through a little bit of a different lens here. The birds are laying 14 points in Houston. Huge number for anyone to lay that kind of juice on the road. It gives you an idea where everything stands right now. Let's just start with that. When you see that 14 being laid here on Thursday night on the road, any surprise from you? It's not a surprise. The only surprise would be is typically, you know,
5: again, Thursday night football, the road team is usually at a big time disadvantage. But I think you see those haves and have nots that I like to talk about. This is one of the bigger discrepancies that maybe we've ever seen on Thursday night from a road team. Forget about the road team. I hey, getting three and a half, seven and a half, nine and a half, ten. You're getting two touchdowns at home on a Thursday night on the road. And so many times we talk about, well, like, where's the travel? Well, the Eagles just have to go down to Washington, take a quick train ride, or they're playing the Giants here. You take a bus up the turnpike and get there right away. This is a legitimate travel situation for the Eagles who played on Sunday afternoon, and now you're saying you don't even expect a game out of it. And quite frankly, I agree with the odds makers at the FanDuel Sportsbook to have this at two touchdowns. We'll break it down a little bit later, but there are not very many bright spots for the Houston Texans and a team in the Philadelphia Eagles, both in the top five in offense and defense, I think it gets ugly.
4: We'll certainly break down the spread, but this is also an instance where you have the team favored to finish with the worst mm-hmm. record in football up against and as you can tell by the spread, a team who's a co-favorite to finish with the best record in the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't there's a market here now re, best regular season record. The Eagles are plus 115, the Bills are plus 115. You then go to the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 750, and then the next tier is 19-1. to The odds say that this is between the Birds and the Bills, and I got to tell you, DRS, I look at it, and I have to agree. I don't see how it's not between these two teams, and that is not even about thinking they're the two best teams in football. They have leads right now in terms of record, Right. And I think the schedules match up. Before we get to the Eagles or the Bills side of it, yeah. Is there value in this market down the board? Is there anybody at these bigger prices that you're looking to potentially take a chance on? Take injuries out of the equation, which
5: means what, Kevin? Patrick Mahomes goes down, Josh Allen goes down, maybe Jalen Hurts goes down. No. I don't think anybody else in this market makes sense outside of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo Bills, and you're right, because we play the schedule game so many times we get a good laugh out of this, but it's really true. Look at the Eagles' schedule and fast-forward it going forward. Again, the Philadelphia Eagles are 7-0. and There's a lot of football left to be played, and we're here going, ah, the only game that they might even get a fight from are the Dallas Cowboys on Christmas Eve once they take them on. And who knows where the Cowboys are on at that time. You do the same thing with the Buffalo Bills and go, My goodness, where is the loss actually coming from? I don't know. The Dolphins at home in Buffalo, where it might be 30 degrees at that point, and that might be the Dolphins kryptonite here. But you look at that Kansas City Chiefs schedule, and there are a couple of those, "Eh, you know what? They could lose in this spot here. Yeah, I could see a close game in this environment. 115-115 on the FanDuel Sportsbook makes perfect sense. Those two are far and away the two teams. You're looking at it basically de facto
4: running the table. So – I think it's going to be very tough. You want me to try to make a case? It's the two teams priced at 19 to one in Minnesota and Dallas. Just take a look. Minnesota six and one right now, right? Mm-hmm. You look across the the standings of the league. The Philadelphia Eagles are seven and zero. Bills are six and one. Vikings are six and one. So at least they're now not at a disadvantage like everybody else is with multiple losses on their plate. Minnesota has to play Buffalo in Buffalo. A reasonable mind would say, okay, that eliminates Buffalo. They're going to lose. Yep. The Bills might get tripped up somewhere. And if the Vikings take that game, it kind of recalibrates a lot of stuff. Okay? Here's the, uh, here's the argument on Dallas. And, again, this is always a slippery slope. But you know how the Eagles have this very soft schedule coming? Sometimes things land that way within your division. And that not only has to do with who you're playing within your division, but it's who you're playing outside of your division, right? What other divisions you're seeing, right? So they're going to play the Green Bay Packers off of a bye. The Cowboys, I think, will be under a touchdown, under, uh, under a field goal dog in the game. I think it'll be anywhere from Dallas minus two to Green Bay minus two. And then they have to play at Minnesota. Again, that's legitimate, but they're in the mix. But after that, Look at the remaining schedule for Dallas. Home against the Giants, home against the Colts, home against the Texans, at the Jags, home against the Eagles, at Tennessee, at Washington. Other than at Minnesota, DRS, is it possible that Dallas is favored in every single one of their football games? I think it's certainly live. I, mean, I, I, hear
5: what you're, I hear what you're saying here because you're just trying to say, okay, let's make a game plan here outside of the top few teams and why it makes sense. And I could see it, but you're going to need a lot of help to get to that point. We're just supposed to assume like, ah, you know, a couple losses here for the Cowboys early on. I mean, they lost to Tampa Bay who would turn out flat out stinks and the Philadelphia Eagles did beat them, but the comeback would be, well, we didn't have Dak Prescott at that point. So if you're saying maybe the Eagles get tripped up somewhere here before the Dallas game and then Dallas handles their business, there would be a legitimate chance that they can have that. But I still do think there's more question marks on that Dallas Cowboys schedule. And also keep in mind, it's not as if they're starting on even ground, right? The Eagles are unbeaten. Dallas has a few losses. That's a lot to Mm -hmm. overcome here at that point if they want to take that down. But again, that's why they're priced at 19 to 1, not 3 to 1.
4: And I would also say uh, as well, You can get involved with the markets to be the one seed in the conference. Hunting down Buffalo and hunting down Philly is tough in its own right. To have to hunt down both here is, again, why I think you're seeing such big prices. Let's talk about the bottom. Again, the Texans are your favorite right now at plus 125. Is this a spot where you're zoned in on the Texans being the worst team in football here or more value down the board?
5: It's a two-horse race, similar to what we just talked about, the better teams in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles. I feel the same way about the bottom factor. The Houston Texans plus 125 at the FanDuel Sportsbook, Carolina Panthers at a plus 280. I think it ends there. But if we're trying to take a look at teams going in the wrong direction, now also, from the Eagles perspective, just coming up in this game tonight on Thursday night, if the Houston Texans were still in Selma, let's just say Brandon Cooks did move on, Boy, oh boy, you're just going to be like, hey, Mills and Pierce, and that's all we have on offense. I'm not so sure they would win another game. Now, they do have some looks here. The Eagles game, I, I don't think they're going to win tonight. I don't think they're going on the road to beat the Giants. But they do have the Commanders coming up at home in a few weeks here. And outside of that, the Jaguars to end the season, uh, Seventeen, excuse me, week 17. But week 18, they go to the Colts which you usually would look at, and be, hey, Colts fighting for a playoff spot. Colts might not be fighting for anything at that point and maybe for draft positioning, so we don't even know who's going to play in that game. But having said that, they're by far and away, for me, the worst team in the NFL. You're seeing the Carolina Panthers fighting each and every week and probably should have won last week against the first place Atlanta Falcons if their kicker can mm-hmm. make an extra point or a field goal. That would have been wrapped up. But you also look at the Panthers' schedule. There's a couple chances on there where I think they have an honest chance to win. But I'm looking at just at this Houston Texans schedule alone and be like, boy, maybe two chances for a win, and they only have one win as it is now, Kevin.
4: Yeah, I think the thing is there is not a Texan schedule you would look at unless it was them playing Vanderbilt four times, where I think you'd yeah. be like, ooh, there's a lot of wins here. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, they could – they could play the Jets, the rest of the game, like, I don't know, they scrap out two. Yeah. That's how we evaluate Houston right now. It's a talentless roster. But could they find a way? It's possible. What about the other team with just one victory, though, at 5-1 to one, being the Detroit Lions? You and I talked about this the other day on the radio side on Moneyline. Because, again, by the way, all of this can also transfer over to different markets, right? Maybe you don't think a team's going to finish with the worst, worst record, but maybe it informs you to go out there and, and bet a team underneath an updated win total. The Detroit Lions under five and a half wins is minus 155. That's been on the move as people have been clicking under, and it's easy to see why. Again, they have they have just one win right now, the Detroit Lions. You can go through the schedule for the people. Do you see a world where this team bottoms out? Hawkinson's now wearing Minnesota purple, and all of a sudden DeAndre Swift not practicing again.
5: No, I, it's funny, too, because you try to, I, and you can't throw the records out when we're actually trying to bet what's the worst record going to be. But when you line those teams up, like even let's just take a look at Carolina Panthers. If I said today, like, Carolina's going to play Detroit, I'm going, you know, Detroit's going to win that football game. If I line up Detroit against Houston, you know, Detroit's gonna win that football game. I don't have the same feelings there about the Carolina Panthers and particularly the Houston Texans. But the one thing that you do get, and here might be the saving grace as we go back and forth and say, you know, is their coach gonna Dan Campbell gonna keep his job for the following season? They do fight. They're in just about every single football game. Now, they did have some games they bought them out because they're a bad football team. But when you generally think of the Detroit Lions now, it's like, hey, that defense stinks, but the offense can score. You don't think of the Lions going, boy, the defense stinks, and so does the offense. They never have a chance, like we think about the Houston Texans. They'll fight. They'll win a few more games. Now, the five and a half, I don't think they're getting there. But let's just say they'll be Mm -hmm. in five and a half more games with a chance to win in the second half. I'll take that as being that they're not going to be the worst team in the NFL.
4: Yeah, the, them being in five and a half games, sure. And winning them, though, has been a problem for two straight years. I'll acknowledge one bomb price, and it's a shame. They should have never been in this spot. But the Jags, you just take a look. You just got to take a look. They've been the worst team in the NFL two straight years. It's kind of like a trend. You know, be like, ah, oh, like, this is like, I don't know. The Jags are just going to be the worst team always, maybe. They're home this week. They're getting one and a half from Vegas, who just got shut out in New Orleans. You, you get into the window on the Jags. Something to keep mm. in uh, something to keep in mind, I think,
3: as you go through these markets. We'll talk about some NBA basketball after this. Break. SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Price drop, time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last.
6: When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford
4: to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate?
6: Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers.
4: Hey, Brian,
2: those are really good questions.
6: They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying.
2: I work with first time buyers all the time. I got you.
6: Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.
1: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
2: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: Ba da ba ba ba.
4: Welcome back in to the early line. talking a lot of Philly, Philly, Philly. Is it true the reason the Sixers can't win home games right now is because all the fans are too busy focusing on the Phils or perhaps the Eagles? It's kind of like they're the forgotten son right now. Donnie, is that what's going on with the Sixers? Yeah, there was actually
5: a Sixers game at home last night that I don't know. Was there anybody even in the building? But I do like the fact that as we wake up on the early line, it is a very regional show for Philadelphia. I do appreciate it.
4: Listen, the Phillies dominating the sports landscape right now. You you have to acknowledge it uh, for what it is. But as we look at last night's uh, NBA slate and kind of some of the big things that will catch your eye, the Lakers winning a basketball Mm -hmm. game is uh, now always headline news because to begin the season, they did not do that through their first five games. And we started to wonder, would they ever win a game? It felt like that was the conversation. They win 120 to 117, a miraculous three by Matt Ryan off of the bench, sent this game to overtime, and they were able to close the door. You got 20 from LeBron, 20 from AD. Lonnie Walker was unbelievable, scoring 28 points and making five threes. But Russell Westbrook is now, in terms of storyline, as important as any player on this roster. And once again, Russell Westbrook off of the bench was a positive player For the Lakers, 13 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, and a plus 4 for the game. He has come off of the bench for three games now, Russell Westbrook. He has not had a negative point differential yet. As a starter, he was averaging under 11 points per game. He's now averaging over 16 points per game as a bench player. His rebounds are up. His assists are up. I wonder if for Russell Westbrook, he is now seeing actually a bigger workload despite the demotion to the bench, and he's buying in. We know Russ needs his, and Russ is getting his. And I'm starting to wonder if Russell Westbrook can win the sixth man of the year. And last night, before that game against the Pelicans closed, Russ was 36 to one to win sixth man of the year. We now sit here, With Russell Westbrook as the third option on the board at 12-1. to Massive movement. And I have to agree with it. Russell Westbrook, if this keeps up, if he stays on the Lakers, he can win this award. Because the Lakers kind of need... This Russell Westbrook, he will be that important to the basketball team. And I also sneaky think, as I look around the timeline last night, heck, I look within myself, I actually think Westbrook is kind of still liked around the NBA because he still has that infectious attitude. When things are going well, he is a fun basketball player. There's a lot of ifs there, I know, but I'm starting to believe that Russell Westbrook could win the sixth man of the year award. I think the biggest if
5: coming out of that is if he is going to be on the Lakers and also are we just biding our time with the Los Angeles Lakers and Russell Westbrook did two games where you started at 0-5 you went to like oh right man we can really make this work over the next 80 games or so in the regular season I don't think so all it's going to take here is for the Lakers to get out of their home environment go on the road and get smoked by 30 and the national media avalanche again will tell you Russell Westbrook and the Lakers is not a fit what are they doing you got to trade them package one of your picks go out and get a player because lebron james wants to make a playoff run and he can't do that with russell westbrook on the basketball team and also if you're saying like well hey doesn't matter with the lakers if russell westbrook gets moved he's going to be a starter for another organization because probably that is a team just taking on a contract to tank the rest of the season it goes hey russ Do what you do, man. Get a triple-double every single night. As long as we lose, you get a triple-double. Everybody's happy in that environment. That's the only reason why I won't be betting Russell Westbrook, because I don't think he's going to be on the Lakers for the entire season. And also, we've already heard Mm. the rumblings from Russell Westbrook. Hey, I'll come off the bench as a good Samaritan right now, but if I start playing good basketball, I'm taking the mic in the post-game press conference being like, why aren't they running the offense through me? And then everything, Mm. get your popcorn ready in Los Angeles.
4: This is the thing, though. The Lakers have not been blown out by teams. They've not been run off the floor by teams. They've been playing competitive basketball all year long. And as someone that came on here after, what, two games? Three? It said send them home and then trade them? I can't pretend like that's not a legitimate outcome. But a big part of that is that I thought Russell Westbrook was going to fake a hamstring injury until they put him back in the starting lineup. He's now obviously bought into the bench role. But it is an important point to make by you. Him being traded, even if he's playing well, might still be necessary. Last night was actually, as I was starting to drum up a tweet to slander Matt Ryan, I know I had to pull it back because he hit the three. Donnie, I got a text last night from someone as the Lakers game was coming to a close. The first Mm -hmm. uh, possession where they needed a three, the the ball went to Lonnie Walker, which is tough. And it was passed to him from Patrick Beverly. I was getting, Mm -hmm. this is the text messages I was getting. Why is Pat Bev on the court? You need Matt Ryan out there. To which I replied, do you know how bad it is? That any team that is supposed to be contending is going, where's Matt Ryan? The game's on the line. You know how bad that is? That can't be what you're saying if the game is on the line. This Lakers team still needs a trade. And because of the contract, even if he's playing well, Russell Westbrook might be the guy that has to be moved.
5: He does. He is going to be the guy that has to be moved because maybe if he's playing well now, maybe the Lakers love this. Hey, give him a little shine on the court here because what's better for trading a player? Oh, look at Russell Westbrook. Three straight weeks of really good basketball or look at Russell Westbrook. Three straight weeks of TikTok videos because the Lakers sent him home and he has nothing to do. That's not going to drive the price up, but also second part of this, you being the resident Laker fan on the Sports Grid Network here, Were you sending texts to other people, or is that you fighting yourself sending texts back and forth during the end of that game?
4: Believe it or not, and I know this is tough for you, but there are plenty of folk still awake at 12.30 watching games. So I was talking with others. Let's get to another game from last night's slate. That was a lot of fun to watch. Went to overtime. Cavs-Celtics. The Cavs win this game 114 to 113. It was the return game for Darius Garland. This was the second time that these teams have played in less than a week. And it was the second time the game went to overtime. It's also the second time the Cavs won the basketball game. The favorites before we got underway, or almost for the entirety, was the Boston Celtics. The Celts sit just a dollar behind, not even, uh, actually, these Milwaukee Bucks right now in the futures market. Look at the Eastern Conference. It's plus 240 on Milwaukee. It's plus 250 on Boston. As you watch this Cavs team and you ask yourself, how real is this? Can this Cleveland team legitimately make a run? as they now sit here at 6-1, and lost their opening game of the season six in a row, I don't see how the answer is anything other than definitively yes. What box do the Cleveland Cavaliers not check? Well, I need All-Stars. you got three of them, technically. Donovan, obviously. Darius – Donovan's going to start this year in an All-Star game, by the way, in the Eastern Conference. Darius Garland last year made it, as did Jared Allen. Jared Allen is not your typical all-star, but still clearly a high contributor. Oh, and by the way, there are some who believe Evan is the second-best basketball player on this team anyway, as the young rookie now in his sophomore season is going to continue to be a good contributor. And because of all of that, they're guaranteed to have one of the five best defenses in all of basketball. Guys that can get theirs like Donovan and like Darius Garland, who last night combined in this game for 54 points, are legitimate threat night in, night out. They're a perfect 4-0 in Cleveland. They're 10-1 to right now. I think I look at this Cavs group at what, double the number of the Brooklyn Nets. Hand up, I know. I picked them to win the title. How is there not value on Cleveland? How are you dismissing this Cavs team? They absolutely, to me, DRS, we'll see when we get there. We'll see how the bracket lands. But they have the pieces to win the Eastern Conference. And they're putting it together fairly quickly, too, because you like
5: the moves that they put together in the offseason and, quite frankly, the past few seasons, Kevin. But also, it was one of those things, well, how's Mitchell going to mess on this team? Might it take 30 or 40 games? Because if you remember last year, the Boston Celtics at that midway point, saying, oh, maybe our coach doesn't work out. Maybe our two superstar players can't play together. It's good to see Garland and Mitchell playing well, but also you got to keep in mind, when you have these basketball teams, you got to take care of your home court. 4-0 and the Cleveland Cavaliers to start the season, 6-1 and overall. All to me, they're meshing a lot sooner
4: than I thought they would, which is a great sign for the rest of the year. It, it absolutely, absolutely is, and, and it's a really good point. Garland and Donovan Mitchell—that's really their—that's their second game play together because Garland had missed yeah. all the time with the eye injury, yeah. and they're absolutely. In sync. Let's get some performers of the night from around the association. No surprise, Giannis Antetokounmpo. What more can you say? Rightfully moving into the driver's seat to win the MVP this year. They're seven and zero. I know we joke every game's at home, but also every game's a win. Giannis, 12 and four, chipped in five steals and two blocks. He is that good. How also about Tyler Hero, a guy who I had to defend against a, a number of fan bases throughout his postseason and different runs of that nature. No Jimmy Butler. Don't worry. I'll step up and answer the bell. Not Bam Adebayo. He was solid. I understand that. Not Kyle Lowry, but it was Tyler Hero with the game winner. A game best plus 15. As I have to hear about how Jordan Poole is 10 times better, despite zero, zero evidence of that. How I have to hear about RJ Barrett is 10 times better, with less than zero evidence of that. Tyler Hero steps up in a major way and gets the Miami Heat a much-needed victory on their home floor, 110-107 to against the Sacramento Kings. And how about Pascal Siakam? I don't know if you can win most improved multiple times. I believe he's already won this trophy once. (laughs) And and listen, I I know that that's going to upset some of our good friends up north, and I'm talking most improved and not MVP, but that's all right. Pascal Siakam is playing unbelievable basketball, a triple-double last night in a 143-100 victory against the San Antonio Spurs. Don, he's averaging career-high rebounds, assists, points, tremendous efficiency. Pascal Siakam is a clear-cut all-star in the Eastern Conference and has the Toronto Raptors playing some very good basketball. Yeah, Toronto's that team we always
5: like to leave out of the equation once Kawhi Leonard left, but they had a very good steady bench and also a good starting lineup. But also, how do you win a game by 43 points on the road? I understand that we all expected the San Antonio Spurs to tank this season and try to improve their draft stock, but that was a 5-2 and two basketball team coming into last night on their home court and basically got dropped by 50. And it was to the Raptors. It was like, hey, the Nets finally got it together. No, the <laughs> Raptors handled their business. One of those teams you can never leave out, man. They're always around, the Toronto Raptors.
4: They absolutely are. He's averaging an additional three points per game, a full another rebound, almost three full assists. That that matters. That matters. I don't know if anybody's ever won most improved twice. I just... i. Is that like, hey, you kept on doing it? I'd like for somebody to win most improved back to back seasons. Now, that would be something that, that we should see for that award. We'll talk a little Dan Snyder to close out our one.
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
6: It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best.
2: Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to
3: move here.
6: REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.
1: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra
4: Big news in the NFL. Dan Snyder is going to look into selling Washington Commanders. This feels like champagne and celebration in the room for Roger Goodell as the NFL is hoping to wipe their hands of Dan Snyder pretty obviously here. What was your reaction to this news?
5: It's about time, and maybe there's no more out clauses here for Daniel Snyder, who told you a long time ago for the Washington Redskins, I'll never change this name, no matter what you guys make me do. He ended up changing that name. I will never sell this franchise. I don't care what they got on me. Looks like you're going to sell that franchise here because, quite frankly, when you have an NFL team, you print money as long as you don't get yourself in trouble with the feds or the rest of the owners in the NFL, which he has done twice now here. But this doesn't just date back to just a few years ago or some hearsay back from 2005. From the minute Daniel Snyder took over the Washington football team, and let's also remind ourselves on that the sign of a bad organization is you have a name called the Washington Redskins, people have issues with it, you're supposed to change it, and you do. But your franchise is so down in the dumps that it took you a few years to figure out what your nickname should actually be. Come on now. And then when you come up with the nickname, the Commanders, your fan base said, you know what, Kevin? I think we should have it as this one. Can we please have it? to cost a little bit of money senator said no deal with it you're the commanders now but having said all of that the years of the improprieties from the front office to the harassment to the financials it's finally time to sell but also if you're a washington commander's fan this is a great day but having said that as an eagles fan and as a fan of a team in the nfc east it's kind of a sad day for me because as long as you knew when the will ponds you know the, the the whole scandal with the will ponds and Brady madoff The Mets couldn't spend any money. It was fantastic. Now they got a new ownership group that's going to spend more money than God to make them improve. What's going to happen when Snyder leaves and they get a competent person up top to run that franchise? Eh, Giants, Cowboys, Eagles better watch out at that point. So sad day here for me. Fantastic day for the Washington football fans.
4: We will follow this story, of course, and we'll also uh, get some insight this weekend on Pro Football Today from adam kaplan we'll certainly see you there but we go to our number two world series preview keep it rolling
0: hop hop hooray nordstrom rack's got sweet deals on everything easter which is sunday march 31st get to nordstrom rack now and save on kate spade new york two-faced steve madden calvin klein and more from just 30 dollars. score great brands and great prices on easter looks for everyone plus spring decor gifts and all kinds of deliciousness Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find?
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.